What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Why Not Game podcast. One, two, What is up and happy Wednesday, my dudes. It's me, Benjamin P. And joining me today and every day, the blind one, DJ. Very DJ, how's it going, it's man? It's good, man. It's good. Very, very original there with the with the name of the week. Um, but uh no man, things are things are going well. Moving in a couple days, so that's exciting. Getting ready to go into a new house. But um yeah, this is this is the last episode we're recording in your current quote unquote studio. How's it feel? <laughs> Bittersweet. Bittersweet. It's been a it's been a fun run these last five or six weeks, however long it's been. But uh it'll be good to get set up in a new shop because by the time we record the next one, I will be in my new destination. Yeah, very true. Very true, very true. Um, well, other than the move, anything else exciting happening in your neck of the woods there? Just, as always, playing way too many video games. Um, mm, cheers. In between that and work and family, you know, it's a fun little balance there, but definitely got to make time for all three. That's for sure. For sure. How about you? What's going uh, on in your town? Well, you know, um, our mother is currently here. Um, she's actually staying, staying with me, hanging out, you know, spending some family time. It's, you know, not really sure who planned to come and visit three days after, you know, returning from Europe, but you know, it's okay. You know, making it work, <laughs> making it happen. Just kidding. Love you, mom. Um, if you're listening, <laughs> if you love me enough to listen, that is, uh, no, it's, it's tons of fun being able to hang out, hang out with family. It's been a busy summer. I'll tell you that, you know, Oh yeah. when the summer started, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. I knew I had a couple things lined up, you know, with the with the trip to Europe. And right. that's pretty much all that I was expecting. But, you know, since then, things have kind of, you know, snowballed, if you will. Uh, to those that don't know, I am a school teacher. Um, and so over this summer, I've been looking to to change schools. And so actually... Just a couple days ago, I found out the school that I'm going to be teaching at next year. Uh, So that's super exciting. Hyped about that. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't really know what else to talk about as far as normal stuff goes. But I can talk to you about some video games. And I'm glad I can talk to you about video games because that is why we're here. Because this is the Why Not Game podcast. That's right. And as always, I do this every week. Thanks to all the listeners out there that, uh, you know, support us, that follow us on Twitter at why not game pod, give us a follow. We will follow you back because, you know, we like to know what our fans are up to and what kind of games they're getting into and playing. And, you know, if, if you like the podcast enough and there is something out there that you enjoy, send us a little suggestion and, uh, you know, we might see what we can do about getting it on the show one day. For sure. For sure. Along with that, and DJ, you know, stop me if I'm if I'm crossing a line, but I was thinking of like trying to do some kind of like giveaway. Like I know, you know, PlayStation 5s are still really hard to get. True. I don't know. Maybe we should give one away sometime. Hey, I'm down for it. Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a school teacher. You know, I make a lot of money as a school teacher <laughs> in America. So that's right. I can definitely since, buy a stranger, a PS five. That's right. And since everybody knows what you do now, I roll in the big bucks too. I manage a fast food restaurant. So, Hey, there's that. Cheers. That's it. Cheers. Cheers. And more cheers. So DJ, yes. DJ, uh, not thinking about the games that we have, you know, coming up on the docket as far as, you know, what we're going to be talking about, but what video games are you playing lately? Um, I'm getting into, uh, I don't know, for some reason, I'm still addicted to Fall Guys. I still play that every now and then, you know, if it's late, <laughs> you know, like a little late night fun for about an hour or so, I guess, before I go to bed and just kind of throw myself online for a little bit and see how bad I am at this game. But, you know, there's that. Um, there's... Uh, was kind of going back through uh, some of the old Jack and Daxter games earlier in the week, and I'm doing the the Jack X Combat nice. Racing, which was the the fourth installment there. 
which was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Almost got the plat on that. I got a couple more trophies left to get there. Um, going to take some some grinding because I've got to earn points to modify. Every, oh, every for sure. vehicle in the game has to get modified to a certain extent. So that's going to take some time. For sure. But uh, what? Wow. What about you? Sounds intense. Yeah, I was just going to say back to your your Jack and Daxter mention. I remember playing Jack and Daxter. It's actually really funny because when we first got the PS2, right, we both were given enough money to go to the store and buy a game. And I think we both bought our game from Sears. And so that's just crazy to think that like one, Sears was still around, but two, Sears is where we went to buy a video game. Do you remember this? I, I do. I didn't remember it being Sears, but I remember I remember us scouring the shelves because they had PS2, yeah. they had GameCube, they yeah. had uh um Xbox wasn't quite out yet. That's this was in 2001 when we got the ps2 so xbox wasn't around yet but they had the gamecube had yeah, just come I'll, out i'll never forget i'll never forget that the game you chose was final fantasy 10 that's correct the game i chose was jack and daxter yep but now if we were to flip-flop to today my one of my favorite games is final fantasy 10 and from that generation, I would say one of your favorite games is Jack and Daxter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We we each played each other's game probably more than the original person that bought it. Um, <laughs> I, I played Final Fantasy X, but uh, it never really beat it at that point in life. Of course, I, honestly, I don't know if I've ever beaten it yeah. to this day. I've played it off and on, but I'm, I don't know if I've ever beaten it. <laughs> but I'm definitely, the whole Jack and Daxter well, franchise is definitely one of my go-tos. So if anyone's listening that has any pull, you guys keep bringing back Spyro and Crash. Let's bring back Jack and Daxter. <laughs> and in reference to your Final Fantasy X comment, just a little spoiler alert to, to some of our listeners. Uh, he hasn't played it yet, but he will be playing it very soon, if you catch my drift. Um, this is true. Final Fantasy X, one of the best games ever. But we're going to we're gonna talk about that in depth in the very near future. That's true. Very near future. Um, but as far as games I'm playing, you know, I kind of went off topic there. But when the PlayStation Plus relaunched, it was interesting because some games that were only like original PlayStation now were also brought over. Mm-hmm. But one of the games was not only brought over, but it was actually brought over in the PS4 form. Originally, it was just the PS3 version of the game, but it came the PS4 version, which made it downloadable, which makes it just easier to play because you don't have to worry about internet connection or anything like that. Right, right. And the masterpiece of a game that I'm talking about is Marvel Puzzle Quest. Hey, I don't know why. That's a good one. I used to I used to own that game. I don't know why. And by own, I mean I cell phone. I killed it. I dominated that game. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know why. I really am not sure why I am playing that game or why I'm hooked on that game really. But it's just one of those games where, you know, you turn it on, you listen to some music, you kind of kick back, relax, you you kill a couple Marvel enemies and it's tons of fun. It's tons of fun. So that's that's really been my my game of the week if you will that I've been playing. Um obviously the game that we're going to be talking about in today's episode, I've been playing a lot of that as well. Because to be honest, I can't get enough of it. Yep. For sure. And you know, I think now's a perfect time to go ahead and talk about it. What do you think? Yeah, let's uh let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Today, my friends, we are going to be talking about a game that is actually fairly new. It released in June. It yes. is from Supermassive, who created Until Dawn, as well as the Dark Pictures Anthology series. We're going to be talking about The Quarry. And The Quarry, my goodness. Is a phenomenal game. Absolutely. But DJ, before we jump into that, why don't you give us a little bit of information about the numbers? All right. As always, by the numbers is brought to you by the guy that can't see but can see well enough to do this. So here we go. Ah, uh, the quarry released June tenth, 
of this year. So just just over a month ago, uh, it's on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Um, all all current systems for those PS4, PS5, and then of course the Xbox One X and S. Um, as I said, released in June the tenth, and uh, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty pretty intense. Some pretty cool stuff there with that game. A lot of a uh, lot of hype surrounding it. I know it was highly anticipated, especially when when they announced, "Hey, you know, this is kind of like a spiritual successor, if you will, to Until Dawn." Um, you know, a lot of a lot of fans flock to that. I myself never played Until Dawn, but uh, you know, after playing the Quarry, I definitely it's a great yeah, game. I, I will definitely give this a shot. But the genre for this one, it um, it's labeled as an interactive drama horror video game. So there's there's that because we'll go into the interactive part here in just a moment. And lastly, the Metacritic scores. This one actually has it broken down by system. So I will say that PC has a Metacritic score of 80. Xbox has a Metacritic score of 82. And bringing up the rear, the PlayStation side of it has a Metacritic score of 74. Which is oh, which wow. is interesting there on the PlayStation side, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. We got a we've got an eight point spread in the Metacritic score. You know, you go from seventy four all the way to eighty two. Right, I, right. I'm curious. I'm curious. You know, how are these scores calculated? You know, I I, I haven't really done research on how Metacritic you know calculates their scores. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. That'd be interesting to find out. Because especially, you know, with it being based on the platform, you know, how's that working out? Right, right. Yeah, I don't know if they go through and they just... Curious. Like, like if they pull players or if they pull these other, you know, like if they take the ratings like from from GameSpot and IGN and other companies like that, I'm not sure how they how they do it. But it is definitely interesting to uh, find that out. So looks like I might have to do some research uh, for next week's show. And figure out just how we get these Metacritic yeah. scores. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. And another interesting fact uh, about this game um, is that according to the PlayStation blog, um, it was the top downloaded game, the top played game on the PlayStation 5 uh, in June of 2022. Very cool. So that's that's something. That's something. I don't really know yeah. what other games released in June, I know Shredder's Revenge, the Ninja Turtles game released. That one, I yeah, think, which, was the top game for PS4. Right, yeah. And that one, for those of you curious, I believe that released for all systems. Um, well, actually, not sure about nice. Switch, but I know it's PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. See, I feel like that's a game that would have to be on the Switch. Oh, yeah. It probably does buku numbers on the Switch. Right, right. But this episode is not about shredder's revenge you know even though it does probably do buku numbers on the nintendo switch we're here to talk about the quarry and so you know dj thank you for those numbers sure you know i appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight as to you know how this game you know released you know just over a month ago but the quarry to those that do not know just a quick little summary uh, the quarry is a tale of nine camp counselors who on the last day of camp, you know, the kids have gone home, they're packed up, ready to go. They just have to stay one more night in camp before finally being able to leave. But that one final night, well, let's just say it's not a typical night. And we're kind of seeing their adventure um, go through the course of that night. And when I tell you, it is terrifying, but also tons of fun. I mean it. Oh yeah, I mean it. Yeah, definitely. Um, don't uh, don't don't play this one with the little ones around. This one is definitely nowhere close to kid friendly. Um, <laughs> as we joked a few weeks ago, with it takes two. It takes two is like <laughs> it's like Barney compared to this one. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, this one's definitely pretty intense. But like camping. Right. Yeah, but 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 oh so good. It is 
It is very good. Just without spoiling anything yet, because I know we're going to do a dive here in a second. I was actually playing this um, last night because you and I are on the quest to get the platinum trophy here, which I think you'll beat me to it. But uh, yeah, indeed, I was I was playing <laughs> and uh, just out of nowhere, um, you know, it started storming here at the house and the thunder and lightning. And of course, you know, it's it's almost midnight and I've got the lights off and just play this game and having to watch my every move on this Mm -hmm. thing. So nothing jumps out to get me. And then all of a sudden I see this flash of lightning behind me and I just, I, (laughs) it scared me pretty good. I jumped out of the chair. Um, wasn't expecting that. So yeah, I can only imagine. It's definitely fun though. My gosh. Yeah, it's cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. So what we're going to do is, you know, obviously this game is very much a narrative game. Right. It is very much a kind of we choose the direction of the story. We, you know, throughout the game, we have to make choices that pretty much determine the actions of the characters. You know, as DJ mentioned earlier, this is kind of the spiritual successor to Until Dawn, you know, but Supermassive also has made the Dark Pictures anthology. Unfortunately, DJ hadn't played any of those games. Nope. Me, on the other hand. I've only played until dawn so I can only speak about until dawn and after doing some research because they were comparing the, the, all of them so much, I was like, well, why are we saying it's an until dawn successor and not just like continuing from the dark pictures anthology. And so after doing some research, I realized that what they were meaning is like, this is more, more time. Whereas the dark pictures anthologies are, are shorter iteratives of the same type of game, you know, you're still making decisions that affect the outcome of the characters. Whereas this game is more full fledged, right? So until Dawn was probably a, you know, I'd say 10 to 15 hour experience and the quarry, you know, if you're just playing through the story one time, you're exploring the world, I'd say is also about a 10 to 15 hour experience. Now, I don't know about you, DJ, but I can go ahead and say I have played through the story mode four different times. So I have extended that very nice um, 10 to 15 hour range because as I was saying, there are multiple choices you can make. There are multiple endings. There are multiple paths. There are multiple things that could happen. And I'm doing my best to try and see everything. And then of course, you know, on the trek to the, or the, on the journey to the platinum trophy, I'm having to do all the steps that are required for that, but it's really cool because I'm really able to see kind of how much, you know, passion and like how much dedication went into making this game. Now, this game is not a perfect game by any means. It's not perfect. In fact, I have a lot of complaints about this game and I'm going to get into that soon, but I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same here. I've got, I've got a few little, um, negative aspects of it, but, uh, I do believe at least for me and I'm sure for you as well, because of how much we've played it. Um, I believe that the positive will outweigh the negative, but you know, which is good, which is good. It's good to have a little balance of both, um, there, but like you, I haven't quite made it through that many playthroughs yet. Um, I've only done playthrough from start to finish once, but I've gone back and, done a few other things which we'll dive into that part of it here soon too with chapter select and everything else so but let's uh let's get into it homie what do you say yeah let's do it let's do it so we're gonna start with gameplay like we always do and the gameplay for this game and dj you know correct me if i'm wrong but i would say you know the gameplay in this game is very minimal yeah this is more of a, I would say this is more like a, a movie than an actual game. Right, right. We do have uh, mm-hmm. some scenes in each chapter where you actually move the character around and look for things and try to make it from point A to point B. But yes, it is there. It is very, very much filled with cutscenes. Right. Yeah. I would say, you know, majority of this game, I would, I would say 85% of this game, okay. you are in a cutscene. And you are making decisions on what the character should do. Now, 
one aspect in that I would say is part of the gameplay, you know, is that narrative, you know, story or choice driven story. But another thing is, is that they do have a lot of QTEs, which are quick time events where a prompt will pop up on the screen and you'll either have to tap a button a certain direction, maybe press a button consistently uh, to to ensure certain things happen or don't happen. And so it's a game where you can't just necessarily set the controller down and watch the screen. So when I say it's a movie, I don't mean it's that because there are choices that need to be made and actions that need to be taken at a moment's notice. Right. And they're all, well, most of them right in the middle of the cutscene, whether it's, you know, like you said, with the QTE of mashing up, down, left or right, or you know, hitting the X button repeatedly or the A button if you're playing this on Xbox. And, right. then, you know, also in those with the dialogue, you're given the choice of how should we respond to what so-and-so just said? And it gives you a couple different options there. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely exciting. And it's definitely, you know, not something that, you know, I mentioned it's more movie than game, which I agree with, but it's also just not something you can set your controller down and let happen. Now, I will tell you something that's nice because me personally, QTE events, those things mess me up. And what's nice about this game and a lot of games that have that have come out recently is the accessibility settings. You know, they do have a great accessibility menu where you are able to turn certain features to where obviously timing does matter. Obviously, making decisions you know, typically you would have a limited amount of time to make a decision to respond because if you're having a conversation like me and DJ right now, we're having a conversation with this podcast. If he were to say something to me and I just sat here in silence. That would do no good. It would do no good at all. And DJ, I was trying to emphasize the silence there and you kind of messed it up. I was going to go for a whole minute of silence, make people question things. But it's okay because that would have been terrible. Probably would have edited it out. But <laughs> in the game, obviously, you know, you have to answer your questions quickly. But the accessibility options in this game allow you to extend the timer. They allow you to, you know, maybe if you're not going to be able to hit the direction pad in the direct or in the hit the controller stick in the direction necessary, that you can change it to where all you have to do is hit the controller stick. For the QTEs, you know, that takes away some of the pressure and it definitely, you know, makes the game accessible to more people. And I appreciate that. And just as someone who, you know, sometimes those things stress me out, like always trying to get it right. And so being able to have those things help me out is awesome. And so kudos to Supermassive for including those. Um, Yeah, I I just kind of went on a rant there about that. But gameplay, do you have anything else you want to add to gameplay? Because I feel like that is pretty much the gist of it. You know, like this is very like narrative heavy and that's that's our next topic. Right. So, well, you know, wrap, wrap up the gameplay. Why don't you, Dave? Right, cool. Um, some of the some of the options that it gives you, you know, obviously it's very, you know, like you have the choice and every every minuscule detail that you choose has a chain reaction snowball effect, be it very minimal or very huge in the game. And there's other things you can do. Like there's, very there's scenes where, you know, like if you're hiding from somebody, it's going to have you have you do like a hold your breath kind of thing. And so you have to hold in, you know, the X button there on the PlayStation or again, A on Xbox. But like you have to hold in the action button and uh, you have to wait for this, the red light to go by and after, you know, like you have to wait a certain amount of time and then you let it go. But if you hold it too long or you don't hold it long enough, then basically you'll get got. And sometimes it could kill you. Sometimes it can just drastically change the story of how certain events fold. So just, just with everything, but I like how, I like how immersive it is and how many different, different things you can do. And, and all that. So it's it's very cool how they have that set up there yeah, for no, the gameplay. It, it definitely is it definitely is a, a very fun game. You know, if it wasn't a game that I, I enjoyed, I wouldn't be spending all this time trying to get the platinum for it. That's for sure. 
you know, there's several games that I've played where, you know, I might play it, I might like it, but it, I have to really enjoy the game, especially now. You know, there are some times where I was just like, well, I got to get the platinum because got to get the platinum. But this game I actually really enjoy. And I think the main reason I enjoy it is because of that narrative piece, which is what we're going to be discussing next. Right. And so going to go ahead and say to those that haven't played this game, but maybe want to play this game in the future, we're going to go all in on this narrative. We're going to talk about it. So there are going to be spoilers. So if you want to play this game, and you haven't played it yet, feel free to go ahead and stop the episode right here, right now, uh, or continue to listen. And, you know, we warned you. This is true. You have been warned. So here we go. So here we go. This is this is kind of what happens. I'm just going to set the stage for you. So we have nine camp counselors. Their names are, and the reason I'm going to say their names is because DJ, I'm curious of who your favorite character is. I was, I'm also curious who your least favorite character is. I was is. hoping you were going to ask this because I planned on asking you the same question. So that's <laughs> awesome. So there's nine characters. There's nine camp counselors, nine main characters that are kind of, I would say, the good guys, if you will. And that's Laura, Max, Jacob, Emma, Caitlin, Dylan, Ryan, Abby, and Nick. There's a lot of characters. And you're thinking... You know, how in the world am I going to keep up with all nine characters? But this game does a great job of kind of introducing the characters, letting you understand their personalities, but also it does it in such a way or the narrative works in such a way where it's not like all nine of these characters are together at the same time. Right. They're kind of always split into smaller groups. Right. And I think that would help with being able to differentiate between the, the characters and it also helped kind of like build upon them. Um, so before we, before we discuss, you know, more of the narrative DJ, go ahead and tell me what, which of the characters was your favorite character? You know, that's kind of hard because, because I liked a couple different ones, but um, I probably have to say, uh, I like Ryan. I think Ryan's pretty cool. He's kind of got that, Okay. Mellow vibe there toward the beginning of the game. And then he kind of embraces his character. And of course it's all based on the choices that you make. So, you know, I think he, uh, For sure. I think his, his whole situation that he gets thrown in is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with Ryan. I mean, any guy who would cut his friend's hand off with a chainsaw, has to be pretty awesome. <laughs> and yes, you heard that right. Cut his friend's hand off with a chainsaw. Yes. Again, not kid friendly. Um, but I mean, uh, depends on the kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh man. But uh but yeah, he definitely, definitely it uh that was a fun scene to to have to deal with. Um what about you? Who's I mean, your that favorite? Was something. That was something. Uh definitely gonna go with Laura. Laura was yeah she was she was my, my number favorite two. by far by far you know Laura so so a little bit of background here because we're talking about these characters you don't know you know well maybe you do if you're listening or if you haven't played and you're still listening anyway so Laura and Max you know the game starts off with Laura and Max they're on the way to camp is it Camp Hackett Camp Quarry uh, Hackett's Quarry Summer Camp Hackett's Quarry Camp yeah. Hackett's Quarry Summer Camp. There we go. They're on their way to summer camp. It's the middle of the night. Uh, they're listening to what I believe is an Ariana Grande song. It sounds like Ariana Grande. Not really sure. Whoever it is, if it's not Ariana Grande, I respect your voice. If it is Ariana Grande, I apologize for disrespecting you and not realizing it was you right away. But they're listening to a what might or might not be an Ariana Grande song. Then they realize they're lost. And... You know, they have a little dialogue, a little conversation. It's kind of introducing you to the mechanics of picking choices, the QTEs. But eventually, they almost run into something in the middle of the road, swerve off the road, yada, yada, bada, bing, bada, boom. It goes downhill from there. Literally five second, five minutes into the game, and you hear like voices whispering. I was playing with my 3D headphones, and so there were voices literally like whispering on like one side and then whispering on the other side. And I was like, yo, chill. 
Like, <laughs> That's chill. awesome. How am I going to get through this game? This is just the prologue. And so eventually, you know, things go wrong for them. And, you know, you assume at the end of the prologue that Laura and Max, well, they're just as good as dead. But they're not. Again, spoiler, they're not dead at the end of the prologue. No, sir, Ree, they're not. They're just in lockup indefinitely. That's true. Definitely, you are giving a lot of spoilers to this. I said we were going to talk about it. I mean, for a (laughs) game like this, if you don't talk about it, that's true. Like we're just going to gloss over things, and no one's really going to get it. True. I mean, we kind of have to. Yeah. No. And again, if you plan on playing this game, if you plan on playing this game, all I've spoiled right now is the prologue as well as kind of the midpoint. You know, switcher upper, but uh, not really. So. Stop listening now. Um, then, you know, chapter <laughs> one, we're, we're, we're in the camp. We're meeting the camp counselors, the rest of them, right? Jacob, Emma, Caitlin, Dylan, Ryan, Abby, Nick. And everything's going good. They're, they're packing up. They're trying to leave camp. But then for some reason, the car is not starting because an idiot character named Jacob, who I just can't stand. No, oh, my was, gosh. Worst character in the game. Yeah, agreed. Jacob. Agreed. My least favorite one. He was, oh my gosh. I think, you know, him and Emma, their storyline, like I get it. I feel like they were kind of that like stereotypical storyline, if you will. You know, if you have the the whole teen drama, you have to have like the person that like seems like the jock and then the girl that like is like the pretty girl and they had their little drama and their fallout. But it was just, I don't know. And maybe that was the point of it. Right. And because I feel like this is kind of like a, you know, I think back to like the the '80s horror movies. You know, the the scream, like what are they called? The teen screams. Oh yeah, the uh, slasher know, movies, the slasher films. They all kind of they all kind of uh, fill in with that sort of. You know, they have those stereotypical characters, and so I feel like Jacob and Emma fit that stereotypical mold in this one. If that makes sense. Yeah, and ironically enough, Emma's the one that's a. Uh you know, a social media guru and has all these followers and talks about her drama and all this other stuff. So yeah, it just makes perfect sense that she's the one that's caught up in a little summer fling. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, But then, you know, they can't leave the camp. The guy who runs the camp, Mr. Hackett, he's upset. He's like, stay inside the lodge. Do not go outside. Stay quiet. Don't let anyone in. Don't let anyone out. And of course, the teenagers, instead of listening to the wise adult, decide, hey, let's throw a freaking party. Because I mean, hey, who doesn't want to throw a party when, you know, it's your last night in summer camp? You have the whole entire summer camp. And so that's just what they do. That's just what they do. They throw a party. Everyone's together until they play truth or dare. And they make two people kiss, which then starts people getting upset. And so people storm off. And so now instead of us all being together, we're now in three separate groups. We have Jacob and Emma that ran off together. We have Nick and Abby that have ran off together. And then we have Caitlin, Dylan, and Ryan. And that's kind of where the story takes a big drastic turn. And we're introduced to kind of the bad guys of the situation, which, you know, I'm not going to say what the creature is. But I will say that in the movie or in the in the cover to this on the what's it called? The cover is it called the cover, the box art, like the cover of the video game. Yeah, the box art. That's it. The box art of the video game. It does have a big full moon right in the middle of it. So that could give you a hint as to what the creature of this creature feature is. But the story kind of unravels from there. And it really starts picking up of what, how your choices matter, because you can make a decision that could end up killing your character in what I will say are very beautiful, gruesome ways. (laughs) Definitely, definitely gruesome. You can make decisions. You can make decisions that ultimately save your characters. Um, You know, one of the playthroughs that we, that you have to do for the platinum trophy is to make sure all characters survive the night. And then another one is make sure every character dies. I've done both of those playthroughs. Seeing some of the character deaths, you know, obviously 
it's nice seeing everyone alive, but also seeing them get killed, especially the second round through, especially the annoying characters. You're like, yes, let's replay that scene. Let's kill him again. Just kidding. That sounds very terrible. I'm not a serial killer or a psychopath. I promise this is just a video game. <laughs> and no, video games do not lead to violence. But no, so your decisions determine whether or not people live or die. But then there's also a playthrough you get where each character has to get infected. And so, yes, the big bad wolf is the enemy in this game. If the big bad, bo- big bad wolf bites you, you then are infected and will eventually transform by the end of the night. And so... Remember when I said that someone cut someone's arm off? Well, that's because he got bit. And since he cut his arm off, he no longer was going to transform. He's no longer infected because he got rid of the, the area that was infected originally. And so, again, if you don't make that choice, then the big bad wolf's going to come out. And your character, who could be armless, is now just going to be a big bad wolf. It's crazy. True. It's absolutely crazy. I'm like talking a lot about this game uh, and kind of spoiling quite a bit of it. But like I said, don't care. Spoiling it. You who. <laughs> but DJ, I want to I want to hear your thoughts on the story. OK, yeah. I just want to hear your thoughts on the story overall. I don't want to hear your thoughts on the ending yet because right. I want to have a conversation about the ending as well. Right. Right. So so give me give me give me give me some give me some details on on your thoughts on the playthrough. All right. Well, I've only, I've only, as I said earlier, I've only done the full playthrough one time already, and that was the one where everybody lived. Um, that was that was a fun one. Um, and as you, as you beat the game, you unlock um, chapter select, which lets you obviously go back and select which chapter you want to per- play from. Um, which again, you can start at, but the drawback with that is, you know, if you want to go back and change something, say in chapter eight. Well, you have to play through the entirety of the rest of the game before you can skip around and do this and that to earn all your different trophies for PlayStation and your achievements for the Xbox. But, but no, so I've, I enjoy it. Um, probably favorite chapter out of the, out of the whole thing. Um, I like, I like chapter nine. It's, it's a pain in the butt, but I, I like chapter of nine. Um, chapter seven is entirely yeah, chapter way too long. Great. But but can I can I can I can I butt in real quick? Sure, yeah. So so I get what you're saying about chapter seven being way too long, but it also does a lot of building the narrative. Yes, it is necessary. Everything in chapter like chapter seven, seven, like like yes, it's long, but it's also very 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 necessary. Yeah, so true. Like I would say, I would say yes, it's a long chapter and it's not very like action packed, if you will. And I think that's probably what makes it feel long. But I feel like it is one of the best chapters as far as character building and kind of also narrative building, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely makes sense. But um, but no, like like I enjoy the the parts that I have played through it and the trophies that I did get. And we'll go into the ending here, like you said, in just a little bit. So I won't spoil anything there yet, but um, there was definitely a lot of, a lot of pretty cool choices, a lot of ways that things could go. And I'll say though, from, from the prologue, like you had mentioned earlier, I was like sweating bullets and at the end of the prologue. I'm like, holy crap, what just happened? And we haven't even gotten to the bulk of the game yet. And and then all of a sudden yeah. you see chapter one and they go to all the little kids at camp. I'm like, okay, where was this like five minutes ago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So the prologue definitely, definitely shows you that this is a horror game, but then it takes, you know, a little bit for those horror elements to ramp back up. Like there are small things here and there where someone might walk past some things that might be considered jump scares. But as far as the overall tone being like scary, I think it doesn't really ramp back up until chapter, I'd say probably chapter three. 
Yeah, yeah, three's got a little bit, four's got a little bit, and then five, and so on and so forth. But the first part that really creeped me out after the initial high welcome to summer camp vibe, you know, with everybody leaving, was uh, it was either the end of chapter one or the end of chapter two, where you see the hunters there in the woods setting things up, and they were like scoping out the kids, and your first thought is, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going after people. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That was that was something that, you know, even seeing the trailers for the game, I thought no way this they're going to be hunted. Like the kids are going to be hunted. That's going to be crazy. And you know, I I think it was actually playing through it a second time having like knowing what those characters are. It definitely it changes the perspective a little bit. Like I don't find them to be creepy at all, you know? Like, I understand why they were the first time, and I understand why the kids were creeped out by them. But as an outsider who knows what they were doing, it's like, if only they would have, like, communicated, I think things would have been a lot better. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, when the kids were kids were getting scared, they weren't necessarily scared because of a monster. They were scared because they thought the hunters were after them. That's true. And that wasn't the case at all. It wasn't the case at all. I mean, it was the case, but it wasn't like they weren't trying to kill them. <laughs> right, right. They were actually doing the opposite and trying to keep them safe. But yeah, the lack of communication there definitely didn't help the kids out. And I'm sure that's what the game developers were going for was, hey, we're just going to freak, freak them out. You know, it's this horror, horror-based game. Of course. So we're not going to let them know, hi, we're here to help you. It's you know, boo, run and hide. Exactly. Exactly. And especially, especially in like the way that they were portrayed, you know, they had like blood over their face. They were smearing blood on their face. It was doing things that were just like very creepy. How he hammered the sign in the set, in the, in the ground that says like hunting season or like hunting starts now or something like that. Right. And it's like, yo, are they about to, especially right after scoping out the kids, are they like, are they about to go hunt them? And so it makes your imagination, you know, go a little wild there. Right. But no, I like that. Sorry. Continue. No, keep interrupting you. No, Continue, no you're good. I'm actually going to ask you a question based on what you just said about the hunters wiping blood on their faces. Having played the whole game all the way through now multiple times, do you, do you actually know or realize what, what that was they were doing? I do. Okay. Okay, I don't know if you wanted to give that away just yet, or do we'll you kind of hold off? Yes, because all right. Uh, do you think I should do? Should I say it? Should I say what it is? Do you think it matters? I mean, since we already kind of gave away that the villain, I guess, would be the big bad wolf, so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't think it would hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much, they're they're smearing they're smearing blood on their face, and they're actually trying to. They say at one point in the game that we, if you see one of the kids, blood them. And so what they're doing is they're actually smearing werewolf blood because the big bad wolf is a werewolf. They're smearing werewolf blood on their faces on their body because that then kind of keeps them safe, if you will, yep. from the werewolves that are attacking people. It'll so mask if, their sin. If scent. you have that werewolf bluff on you. Exactly. Exactly. Any 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 other any tidbits you want to throw out here before we talk about the ending um, of this game? There's there is one point where as you do some of the playthroughs, you'll see some of the kids get infected and there's there's this one one part in particular where two of them kind of turn against each other. Well, I guess mostly one of them will go against the other one. Um, Should I spoil the names there? Because I mean, if you want to, you live your life queen. (laughs) There we go. Um, Nick and Abby kind of have this little heated discussion after, after Nick gets infected and uh, you have the option obviously to um, kill Abby or keep her safe. And, uh, I will say I was I was quite impressed with uh with how he handled that situation if you chose if you chose to kill Abby right there. Um Yo that's just, let me tell you, that bro. Is, that, that is might pretty be, cool. 
Bro, he just ripped that thing off, didn't he? <laughs> that one, and then probably... He ripped it right off. Yeah, and then probably um, the scene, and I'll just give names there, and we'll go into these other names here in a second, because I'm kind of... This will kind of help push us toward the end of the game. But one of the scenarios you can make a choice is where... Um, is how Laura kills Travis, and uh, it's a similar scene there, and I'll just go ahead and spoil it. Uh, decapitation, which was pretty pretty intense. Wow. My oh my. <laughs> my oh my. Yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting. So, you know, uh, uh, pretty much how the, how the game how the game winds down is in order to cure yourself from being a werewolf, you have to kill the werewolf that infected you. And so at the beginning of the game, Laura and Max become infected by werewolves. And so they have to kill the werewolf that infected them. And it turns out that the camp leader, Chris Hackett is the werewolf that infected them. That's why he was freaking out in the beginning of the game, wanting the kids to stay inside and stay safe because he didn't want to, he didn't want to, you know, attack them. He was trying to keep them safe. And the hunters that are walking around are actually his family members who are also aware and are also trying to keep everyone safe. But lo and behold, you know, you have the opportunity to eventually kill Chris Hackett, thus making sure everyone who was infected uh, can be cured. And then later on, even killing another werewolf that was kind of the start of it all and then curing everyone in this game, so to speak from being a werewolf, but I don't really care to talk about that portion of things because I feel like that's still part of the game. But when I'm talking about the ending, Dave, I'm talking about how when the final thing happens, that's it, right? You would assume that in a game like this, when you have all these different characters, they've kind of, they started the night together. They kind of branched out, experienced a terrible event like what happened here, it would be nice to have some closure. And the only closure we get is in the form of a podcast episode that plays during the credit scenes. There's no scene in the end where all the characters that survived are reuniting or maybe any kind of scene at the end where all the characters, you know, it it shows if all the characters are dead or any kind of wrap-up scene. And I think that is the one thing that absolutely annoys me about this game is I feel like there is no true ending, right? There is no true closure. It's just a podcast episode that the dialogue is going to change a little bit based on some of the choices you made and based on some of the collectibles you found. What are your thoughts on that though? Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. It would be good to get maybe like, you know, like an extra cutscene there. Like, you know, if, if you have the playthrough where everybody survives, you know, either before or after the podcast, you know, like a post credit scene, if you will. And, you know, it shows them, you know, talking or even, you know, if it shows Emma on her little social media feed, you know, vlogging about it or, you know, just, just, something to kind of let people in. Now it does go through after you finish chapter 10. Um, it does go through and, uh, or I guess that would be part of the epilogue there too, but, but like it does go through and show the cast and say, you know, are they alive or are they deceased? And it shows like, or like it says how, how they like, how they died or, what they did to keep them alive and that sort of thing. I feel so like you get that. That is so it, lazy. It is. It is because at the end of that, you see cop cars pull up there to the lodge at Hackett's quarry. And that's just it. We don't know who called the cops. We don't know, you know, right. what, what happened to the kids. If, you know, if they got arrested for killing the it's, Hackett's, if they, you know, like we, we don't know. And, right. and and I guess yeah I feel like I feel like that's just so lazy yeah and maybe and go ahead no you're good oh, okay I was just gonna say maybe maybe they they I mean massive you know maybe they just want to leave that up to interpretation which 
again, is kind of vague and kind of bland. And yes, you get the podcast, which you'll you'll hear said podcast mentioned several times throughout the game. Uh, it's when it gets introduced fairly early because Ryan is uh, is listening to it. But uh, but anyway, so I think I think it's cool that they that they have that. But I agree with you. There, a more a more solid ending would be would be fantastic. Yeah, like I mean, when they when they were hyping up this game in the beginning, they said there were over a hundred different endings. But if all that means is you're saying who lives and who dies as the ending, that's not a hundred different endings. Like that's not truly an ending. Right. And like, and unless there should, I feel like there should be some kind of scene that wraps things up at the end. Right. And that would be easy to do. Having gone through and played, you know, multiple of the playthroughs, sometimes there's a scene, you know, my first playthrough where everyone lived. Well, there's four or five characters together, but then in my playthrough where everyone died, there might only be two characters here where originally there was a lot more. Right. And it still works. Some of the dialogue's missing, but it still works. Why couldn't something like that have happened? True. It just doesn't make sense to me. Right. Very, very true. It's like, and I know, or sorry, it's the biggest turnoff I have on this game. Right. And I know they're at the end of chapter 10, right before you go see the fortune teller, which is. A big gameplay thing we forgot to mention, um, <laughs> but right before you go to uh, her, we'll, we'll 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 leave that one to to people. We'll we'll not talk about that one. That can be the one thing we don't spoil. Right, right. So before it goes to that, you know, depending on how it ends and things like that, like it'll kind of you'll see a little something different there in that final those final few seconds of a cut scene, you know, like if Caitlin's the last one alive, you see a little bit there and, you know, vice versa with Ryan or, you know, whoever else, maybe the last one standing, you know, whoever it is, but, but you always, you don't, you don't get a whole lot. And obviously the best ending, no. you know, is where, in my opinion, the best ending so far is where everybody, everybody lives and you go to take out, you know, the extra werewolf, which you said you weren't going to mention. So that's all I'll leave with that. But personally, I think that's, that's the best form, for of, sure. form of closure that we got for anything is the one where everybody but lives. Even, but even that there was no closure because like they did not reunite. And so there could have easily been just a scene where even if it was just, even if there was no dialogue, even if it was just like everyone coming back together at the lodge or something like that and just like greeting each other. And then obviously if characters were dead, then less characters were to greet each other. But right. just something something to bring them all back together, it m does not make sense why they did not have that. Right, right. And or, or something. I don't think there's an excuse for it. Like right. it's absolutely ridiculous. Right. Or something with... You know, like, as I said there, that last little glimpse of the epilogue there is where you see the cop cars rolling in. It's either the right. main lodge or that's the actual Hackett estate. But, you know, right. see see them bring out somebody in handcuffs. Again, there doesn't have to be any dialogue, you know, because, again, it leaves the question, well, who called the authorities? Because if you killed yeah. all the Hackett's, then did one of the kids do it? Or... You know, if you don't right. kill the Hackett's, did the Hackett's do it and get the kids? Or you know, like you never know. So something, something with that, I think would be cool. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, that's kind of you know we we went a lot and talked about the narrative a lot. Uh, one last thing we have to talk about though before before we wrap things up is of course the the world, the graphics. Now, DJ, what what system? And what console or what what version of the game were you playing? Um, I've got the PS5 version. You got PS5 version? Mm -hmm. Very nice, very nice. See, when I was when I was picking up the game, uh, the PS5 version was out, so I actually am playing the PS4 version. Very cool. Um, but I'm playing it on my PS5, so I will say, you know, I don't have necessarily probably the highest graphic capabilities, but the graphics are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The graphics are are really good. You can tell that they they spend a lot of time um capturing the actors. You know, there are some pretty famous actors and actresses 
that are within this. Yes, doing um, doing the voiceover work. Very good. Well, not just the voiceover, but like the motion capture and everything. Like it's literally them. Like the character Ryan that you mentioned earlier that you said was your favorite. Mm-hmm. I forget his name right offhand. Excuse me. But um, you know, he is the the main human character in the Detective Pikachu movie. Yes. He's also more recently in uh, Jurassic World Dominion. And then also Caitlin, who's also an awesome character, what probably my second favorite, is uh Brenda Song. Yep. You know? Yep. I'm sure people know who Brenda Song right. is. If not, you know, look her up. She's amazing. I've um, I've got some of the so cast have, list here on my phone real quick. Sorry, I was not trying to cut you off, but I was gonna say they've got go for it. um they've got David Arquette is in here. Now it doesn't say who they did the voices of. The thing I'm looking at doesn't say, so forgive me for not for not having that right offhand, but they've got David Arquette. Well, again, it's not just the voices. It's literally, they look like them too. Right. Right. You mentioned Brenda. David Song. Arquette's Chris Hackett. Okay. Okay. Caitlin. You, yep. You mentioned Brenda song was Caitlin. Then you've got Ariel winter, which I didn't realize. Abby. I didn't realize that was her until just now, but um, there's justice Smith and that's Ryan uh, Ted Ramey. Okay. And those that's are the, Travis. Yeah. Those are the, those are the only ones that this, this specific cast list here that I'm looking at mentions. I know there's a lot more, so forgive me for not getting everyone out there, but those are some of the main ones that stood out to me. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. So, um, but safe to say, you know, even playing with me playing the PS4 version, I thought the graphics were great. Um, One of the scenes that I thought had the best graphics was the in between the chapter scenes where we were greeted by the fortune teller Eliza. For some reason, I just thought that had the best graphics in the game. Yeah. And it was probably because that wasn't, there wasn't a lot of movement. It was just kind of a stationary person sitting there, their mouth moving, their facial expressions were really popping. And right. so I really thought that was great. Um, but again, this was the PS4 version. Um, DJ, what you, what are your thoughts on the PS5 version? You know, I know you are the blind one, uh, but give us your thoughts anyway. <laughs> well, from what I could see, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, I I definitely agree with you there with everything with Eliza. Um, just, I don't know, again, I don't know how in-depth everything went, but like the wrinkles on, on her face, you could just see all the, you know, like all the in-depth facial features um how that how they entered her little area in between each chapter was always cool just because it was just even though like it had that dark and gloomy look it was just so yeah vibrant i guess in a way and not vibrant as in like bright but it's just oh, true cool, check this out you know it really brings that spooky it was it was alive. Feel. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely it was alive. Definitely alive there. And I noticed that the Unreal Engine is one of the things that they used. And I personally, I haven't played a a, a game that the Unreal Engine has been a part of that had bad graphics. Well, there you have it, folks. Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine Five coming soon. Dun dun dun. Yeehaw. Speaking of Unreal Engine 5, I'm I'm going crazy left field here. You just mentioned that. Did you ever play that Matrix demo? I did. I did, yeah. I never they, played it. Is it was good? it was cool. You really couldn't do much after the initial um after the initial But scene. did it look pretty? Oh That's yeah. That's the real question. Yeah. It looked like you were That's all that matters. Yeah, you were like right there in the midst of it. Did it look real? Yeah. Aside from you hitting buttons, you would think it was a movie. Like it just looks something very you cool, would just very pull cool. up on TV. Well, my friends love to see it. Love to see it. Well, um, to those that stuck around, hopefully you have played the quarry or you just don't want to play the quarry. Or maybe we've convinced you to play the quarry by telling you everything about the quarry. Not everything. There is still a ton that we did not say. Oh, yeah. Um, the game, you know, my, my final thoughts here on the game. It is a game that I would highly recommend you play. Um, it's, if you're a fan of horror movies, um, this is... It's actually pretty cool. Something we didn't mention is there is a theater mode where you can choose to watch the game without having to do any of the walking, without having to do the quick time events, without having to make any of the decisions. And you can kind of just, it will randomly select a path, I believe, or maybe you select if you want everyone to live, everyone to die or something like that. 
but it will just play out a version of the the story. And so you can just sit back, you know, grab some popcorn, hide under the blankets and watch this unfold. And so that's something that I think is pretty cool where it has that option. And sure, you know, it does cost $60 on PS4, Xbox One, $70 PS5, Xbox S. But it's it's a it has a lot of replay value because of the the varying storylines that could take place. Um, you know, I have put, I think over 35 or 40 hours into it already and I'm continuing to enjoy it. And so, yeah, I would, I would recommend this game to, to any, especially horror fan, but really anyone who enjoys a good story, as long as they can handle some gore. Yep. Handle some gore. What are your thoughts, DJ? Handle some gore, handle some jump scares. Um, you know, but no, I, I agree too. I would definitely recommend it. Um, I know the last couple of weeks I kind of rated the games in my own little way here, just what I personally think about it. <clears throat> but, um, you know, if I were to, if I were to stick with that, I'm going to give it a 69. <laughs> there you go. Your own little Metacritic score. But, uh, no, I probably, probably would go, I don't know, aside. Aside from the ending, how, you know, how we wish there would have been, you know, more of a cut scene there, some kind of follow up. But I just, I think like the mm-hmm. endless possibilities with it, what you can do, what you can't do, how you do that. I'd, I'd probably say maybe a nine out of 10, probably for me. I know that's kind of big, you know, oh, wow. it's, it's, it's still a fairly new game, but just wow. like you said, you can have you can experience it a new way guaranteed almost every single time you play, you know, and there's always different paths you can take different choices you can make. And it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I I will say not to, not to diminish what you're saying, but after having played through it multiple times, um, you kind of realize the pattern that, you know, some decisions have more weight than others some events no matter what you do are still going to happen and so that part kind of stinks but it also makes sense like if they were to make a game that truly had all these different possibilities and you know that would be that would take a lot like i'm sure this game took a lot of effort to have the divulging direction paths that you could take but obviously that would just be more work and more things altogether. but for what you know what we have here in this game it is absolutely phenomenal I was just making a joke about the 69 rating uh, because, you know, obviously I'm immature, but I would say that if I had to, if I had to give it a, a number on the, on the scale of one to 10, I wouldn't say it's a nine. Um, I think the ending really messes things up for me because it doesn't give you that closure, but I would True. say it's a solid seven. Okay. Um, Respect. It's a solid seven. There are, there were, there's some bugs um, there, at least for me on the PS4 version, there's some bugs where, you know, they'll start saying dialogue, but then it'll like restart the dialogue because the scene hadn't caught up with the dialogue. Um, and so there are things like that, that kind of mess up the immersion at times. Uh, but overall, you know, like I said, it is a solid game. It is a fun game. It is a scary game. Um, and yeah, I would, I would recommend it to, to any and everyone who is into these kind of games. And there you have it. It is bizarre yet bona fide. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. Um, well, well, DJ, you know, we're running um, over an hour at this point. Wow, this might be the longest episode yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see there's if a I lot cut to it down, about. and it's less than an hour. But um, we're going to go ahead and should we give him a, a, a hint about next week, or should we keep it a secret? Uh, give him a hint. So we're going to be talking about a classic, and I do mean a classic video game. Uh, I don't remember when it released. I don't remember much about it, but I do know that this game, you know, I don't know what came for it. Well, we're going to discuss it later. We're going to discuss it later. We're going to go into the details about it later. But first and foremost, we are going to have a special guest in next week's episode. Um, our good friend Travis is going to be joining us, and we're going to discuss one of probably the most world changing like honestly this is this is a game changer but we're gonna not even just a game we're gonna talk about the world in general this changed everything and the game we're gonna be talking about 
is Pokemon Pikachu edition, aka Pokemon Yellow. Pokemon Yellow. So we've been yes. we've been we've been playing through, and we're going to be discussing that with our good friend Travis, um, who is going to be um, in our future episode next week, as well as our episodes in the future. He's our expert in all things Pokemon, uh, so he's going to be joining us uh, next week. And also, you know, we will be covering uh, Scarlet and Violet, and Travis is going to be joining us for that as well. Uh, so go ahead and pull out some popcorn for next week. And yeah, Pokemon Yellow time. That's going right. retro. Yep, going for old sure. School. Going back to 1998, boys and girls. Yeehaw, baby. Yeehaw. But until next time, remember to follow us on Twitter at WhyNotGamePod. Uh, if you're listening on a service that allows you to give ratings, why not give us a rating? You know, if we suck, say we suck. If we're good, say we're good. If we're, you know, meh, say we're meh. You know, let us know. Um, if you want to give us some direct feedback, you can do that on Twitter at why not game pod, or you can shoot us an email at uh, the email address is why not game pod at gmail.com. You know, maybe you want to be a part of the show. Maybe you have a question for us. Reach out. You know, we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to interact, but until next time, ask yourself, why not? Toodles, my doodles.